Is it any easier to say, thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, be healed of your sickness, disease, pain, malady, malfunction, or infirmity? Jesus said in Mark 2, 9, there is absolutely no difference. In our desperate, imperfect world, its assistance is critical. The need for this valuable commodity spans every social, economic, racial, and age barrier. Everyone at some point in his or her life is faced with the urgency of choosing whether or not to believe in the existence of divine healing. Now, I need to tell you this today. You cannot get beyond the first four words of your Bible in Genesis chapter 1 without faith. Your Bible declares in Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God. Would you just say that with me? In the beginning, who? In the beginning, God. Did you notice that God takes no time trying to explain or to articulate anything beyond that point or before that point? God requires that by the fourth word in your Bible, you are operating in faith. In the beginning, who? God stood on what? There was nothing to stand on. And God began to declare words, light be and light was. Light could not hold a committee meeting and make a decision. For God, who is in control and feeds the baby ravens and carpets the, the floor of the valley in green, is in control today. Would you just say, God is in control? Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. God is going to try to talk you into something today that religion your entire life has tried to talk you out of. And here it is. God is an all God. It is not his will that any perish, but that all come to the knowledge of the truth. Shout all. All is all will ever be is all, and that's all there is to it. All is all. And I'm here to tell you today that the same blood shed on the cross of Calvary not only was shed to save you from your sins and give you eternal life but to establish you in this earth in healing and in victory and in prosperity. Is that the kind of a God you want to serve? Then you're going to have to operate in faith. All of these questions can be answered by simply pointing to one place, one incident, one moment in time, suffice it to say that everything is made clear at the cross. The Creator Himself knelt on the muddy banks of earth's freshly formed shore and carved out a figure in His own image. It was the shape of a man. Paragraph one, we live in a temporal and imperfect world. Can anybody say amen? Nothing in this physical environment goes unscarred by the weathering hands of time. Flowers wither, rocks crumble, iron rust, and even our fragile human bodies slowly but surely deteriorate. Everything about this physical sphere is in a state of decay. In the beginning, God did what? What did God do? God spoke, and out of the void of space, something marvelous was created. Life. With just a word, he created the sun for the day shift and put the moon and the stars on night duty. By his spoken thought, rivers began to flow and mountains rose to the sky. Although he had created a vast global menagerie, God discovered that there was no one in the world for him to talk to. In those early moments of time, the Lord realized that he desired someone with whom he could commune, fellowship. Therefore, the Creator himself knelt on the muddy banks of earth's freshly formed shore and lovingly carved out a figure in his own image. It was the shape of a man. And God did what? 
said, let us make man how? In our image, the, the Hebrew is imagio day. It means a reflection. It's the same word that we get our word reflex from. And that's how God wants you to begin to operate in this earth. A reflex is a response to a stimulus that bypasses the level of consciousness. God's stimulus is his word. It travels on the nerves of faith. When faith arises in your heart, based in the bedrock of the word of God, it should create a reflex action therefore when anybody asks you are you how are you today you don't check with your body because your body will lie to you how many of you understand your body will lie to you in fact your body is about half nuts you bought past a coconut cream pie and your body screams I want the whole thing thank God you're not just a body you have a soul a mind a will and emotions and the mind will say you can't have the whole thing you can only have half and thank God that we have something beyond the mind. It's called a spirit. Shout, I am a spirit. You are a spirit being first. God created man imagio day. God is a father, a son, and a Holy Spirit. God is three parts. Everything in God's kingdom operates in threes. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, the outer court, the inner court, the Holy of Holies, the angels, Gabriel, Michael, Lucifer, all in threes. And if you are created in the image of God, a reflection of God, then you must likewise be three parts. You are three parts. You are a spirit. Man is a spirit. Man lives in a body and man possesses a soul. Your Bible says the spirit of a man shall sustain all of his infirmity. In other words, you've got to listen to your spirit. You were created with your spirit as the king, with your soul as the servant, and your body as the slave. But when man ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, he he, he found out that everything got turned upside down. The spirit went from number one to number three. The soul was elevated. Why? Because man ate of the tree of what? Knowledge. Not of the tree of... Am I talking too fast for you? Not from the tree of spirit, but rather from the tree of knowledge. And knowledge is comprised where? In the soul. The soul has three parts. The mind, the will, and the emotions. So now in man's fallen state, the soul gets elevated to the place where the spirit should be and the body gets elevated to the place where the soul should be and the spirit comes all the way back around and gets on the bottom rung. But thanks be to God. That's the reason why folks are motivated by the physical realm. You ask them how they're doing. The first thing they'll tell you is the seven aches and pains that are prevalent in their body at that moment. They'll tell you everything that's distressing them. They'll tell you how sad they are and how lonely they are and how troubled they are and how they're not sleeping. What God wants is a reflex. God, I'm not going to preach. What God wants is a reflex. God doesn't want to ask you what you think about it. God wants a response, a reflex action from his word that bypasses the level of consciousness. Because when you get born again, God turns things back right side up and your spirit gets in control. Oh, my dear Christian brother or sister, I wish you would understand today that your spirit is in control. So when someone says to you, how are you feeling today? You say, I'm feeling mighty fine. I woke up with heaven on my mind and all oh, the joy that overfloods my soul like the waves 
of the sea billows roll. I'm about to preach in here and don't even mean to. How are you today? I have joy. What do you mean you have joy? We're in a recession. What do you mean we have, you have joy? I just saw you come out of the doctor's office. He gave you a bad report. What do you mean you have joy? I know that your teenager is acting the same way my teenager is, wanting to pierce their body in places I didn't even know their body had places. Are you here with me? How can you? Well, that's a lie, people say. But it's not a lie because faith, that sixth sense, sees what cannot be seen while we look not at things which are seen but at things which are not seen for the things which are seen are temporal that word temporal means subject to change that means if you can see it or put your hand on it or feel it or experience it it's subject to change what changes it the b-i-b-l-e that's the book for me i stand alone on the word of god the b-i-b-l-e it is the oak of god planted in the forest of eternity entwining its roots around the rock of ages that is no ordinary book laying on your lap that is no ordinary chapter and verse that's not look magazine that's not readers digest that is the eternal inerrant infallible word of almighty god and god declared heaven and earth shall pass away but my word shall remain do you believe that and when someone asks you how you feel, up out of your spirit, because the spirit and the Bible always agree. Your mind won't agree. Your body won't agree. This is the very reason that some folk can't get out of church, out of, out of, out of a bed on Sunday morning to go to church. Because they have to ask their mind, what do you think about it? Then they ask their body, how do you feel? And if they get through all that, then their little emaciated spirit, living on the inside of them all shriveled up, raises its little bony arm and says, I, I'd like to go to church. <laughs> and your body says, shut up. We're tired. <laughs> and your mind says, yeah. But if you feed your body, three meals a day or six meals a day, depending on what program you're on. Some of you have breakfast time, lunch time, dinner time, and every time in between is snack time. Come on. Listen to me. Why? Because you're going to see to it that that body gets taken care of. We go to the hot springs, the cold springs, the in-between springs. We pluck it out and paint it in, puff it up and powder it up. We take care of that physical temple, which is fine. But don't ever think, don't ever think that your spirit does not need the same care and attention. You feed your body natural food. Well, some of you do. You feed your body natural things. You feed your body the same elements of which it is made. Is that right? Because it grows thereby. It's strengthened thereby. Well, what about your spirit? 
Your spirit cannot survive on a diet of American Idol and NBA playoffs. It's all right to have a snack, but come on, your spirit is spirit. That's the reason Jesus said the words that he sent to us are spirit and they are life. If you'll feed, oh, I'm getting... If you'll feed your spirit on spirit food, communing with the Father, being in church, feeding on the word of God, work your spirit out. Come on, some of you give bare aspirin longer to work than your faith. You get a twinge of a headache, you head to the medicine cabinet. God's looking for a reflex. I don't know if you're getting any of this or not. God's looking for a reflex. God wants that twinge of a headache comes the first thing up out of your spirit because your spirit is stronger than your mind. Your spirit is stronger than your will. Your spirit, your Bible said, will sustain all of your infirmity. So the first thing you ought to do when that twinge of a headache comes, jump up off of your seat, lift your hands up in the air and declare according to Isaiah 53, 5 and 1 Peter 2, 24, with his stripes, I am healed and then begin to believe God. Although he had created a vast global menagerie, God discovered that there was no one in the world for him to talk to in those early moments of time. The Lord realized that, it, it, some, that, realized that he desired someone with whom he could commune. Why? Because God is a spirit. Look up here at me. God is a spirit. Your Bible says God is a spirit. They that worship him must worship him. How? In spirit and in truth. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. Do you see it all there? Did you see spirit, soul, and body? God formed man of the dust of the ground. That's his body. He breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. The book of Job said there is a spirit in man. It is the breath of Almighty that gives him understanding. And then man became a living soul. The only part of your three parts that came directly from God is your spirit. Your body is dust and to dust it will return. But your spirit can sustain it in the meantime. God made a man. Now this is very important. He did not speak humanity into existence. As he had the stars, the earth, and all the other living things. When it came to the creation of his special companion, God took an unusual interest and physically, say physically, involved himself in the process. By the Creator's hands-on approach, it is obvious that the Lord desired a unique relationship with man. What an extraordinary creation he was, fearfully and wonderfully made. Oh, the moment God's divine breath entered man, he became superior to all other forms of earthly life. Not only... Was Adam's complex physical structure a work of divine craftsmanship? He was capable of such feats as abstract thought, original concepts, and the all-important attribute 
of free will. God said, I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. You choose whom you will serve. Please don't miss this point. Please don't miss this point. God affords you the opportunity of choice. Why? Why? God wants you to choose because God refuses, now you better hear me, to impose his will on you. God says, it is not my will that any perish, but that all come to the knowledge of the truth. Well, then why isn't every person on the face of the earth going to heaven? Because some choose not to. And it's the same thing for walking in divine health or favor or blessing or prosperity or joy or peace. God gives you the opportunity to walk in his blessing or to be covered with a curse. You must never again say, why doesn't God do something about this? I'm getting ahead of myself. After six busy days of creating, God stepped back and surveyed the length and breadth of his handiwork, seeing that it was good. Read your Bible, Genesis 1, Genesis 2. Seeing that it was good, he gave Adam and Eve, the first man and woman, total, complete dominion over it all. Who's in charge on earth? Who's in charge on planet earth? Human persons are in charge on this planet. God said, I just read it to you, let us make a man. Let us make him in our image and let us give him man dominion in all the earth. But then God gave you a spirit that came from him so that you would make the right choice. And if you make the right choices based on your spirit, which always agrees with the Bible, happy is the man. Blessed is the man, Psalm 1 says, that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, nor standeth in the way of sinners, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, in the Bible, in the word of God, and in that law, watch me, doth he meditate day and night, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that in its season bringeth forth its fruit, and its leaves also shall not wither, and whatsoever, whatsoever, Soever that man sets his hand to shall prosper. What a God, what a covenant, what a joy, what a victory, what a freedom serving the living God, Jehovah. I'm feeling this in case you couldn't tell. God is not just about to impose his will on you, but rather God has placed you in this earth to impose his kingdom in the earth. 
The disciples came to Jesus. They said, Master, how should we pray? He said, pray after this manner. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Somebody said, I'll have victory over the devil when I get to heaven. You won't need it. He won't be there. Somebody said, I'll be healed when I get to heaven. You won't need it. There won't be any sickness there. You, somebody said, well, I'll have joy when I get to heaven. You won't need it. There's not any sorrow there. God gave you these things to walk in dominion and authority on the earth. And God said, whithersoever the sole of your foot shall touch, I will give it unto thee. Somebody give him praise and glory. High five somebody and tell them, get with it. Get with it. We used to sing a song that says Satan has no authority here. Glory to God. Sickness may have invaded your body, but it is your right as a born-again, spirit-filled, Bible-believing believer to tell sickness it may have shown up, but it gets its eviction papers. It has no right to stay. Sorrow may show up on your doorstep. You need to let it know today. It has no right to stay. We didn't come for God to impose his will on us, but rather for us to impose God's will in the earth. Jesus came. Not to play mother may I with the devil. Jesus came to rout the enemy. Jesus came to overthrow the forces of darkness. Jesus came to impose his kingdom. Jesus came to increase the boundaries of his kingdom. And today he says to you, and today he says to me, lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes, increase the borders of your habitation. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. What is his kingdom? Righteousness peace and joy here's the answer to the world here's the answer to war here's the answer to poverty here's the answer to everything that plagues humanity the heart of the human problem just happens to be the problem of the human heart here's the answer thy kingdom come when the righteous are in authority. I'm not just talking about globally. I'm not just talking internationally. I'm not just talking nationally. I'm not just talking about a body of believers. I'm talking about at your house. I'm talking about in your car. I'm talking about in your body. Jesus wants you through the power of the Holy Spirit and faith in his word to take authority in every realm of your life and order your affairs according to the word of God. I can't, I got to quit. Oh my. He saw that it was good. You can't just read the Bible, you got to read the Bible. Huh? You can't just read the Bible. You got to read the Bible. 
when you read the story of creation, you will find that God said he created this and it was good. And he created that and it was good. And he created that and it was good. But if you look at the whole list, there is one omission. Often God's will has to be interpreted more by what he did not say rather than what he did say. Because when he created the firmament, he did not call it good. The firmament created the oceans, good. Created the fish, good. Created man, good. Created the stars, good. But the firmament, not good. Because in his omniscience, in his all-knowing, God knew there would come a time when like lightning, and I'll get into it next week, God knew there would come a time when like lightning, he would behold Satan fall out of heaven. Paul said, I know a man, whether in flesh or spirit I know not, such a one caught up into the third heaven. If there are three, what did I tell you? God operated in threes. If there are three heavens, and if there is a third heaven, wouldn't it stand to reason there's a first? And wouldn't it stand to reason that the second is above the first? And wouldn't it stand to reason that the third is above the second? There are three. How beautiful is Mount Zion in the sides of the north, the city of the great king, heaven. Third heaven, where God dwells. Above the earth, the earth's atmosphere, what we look up and call the heavens, that's the first heaven. But sandwiched in between is something called the firmament. And it was that expanse of space, Satan being banished from heaven and cast out of authority in the earth, that authority given to you and me, the only place for him to roam, the firmament. And that's the reason that God did not call it good. Today, Satan's base of operation, the firmament. There, he attempts access into the third heaven and into the first heaven, into your realm and into mine. But I need to remind you of something today. Satan has no authority here. You are in authority, and the only authority he has is what you willingly offer to him. I want to know somebody today that's willing to stand up and banish him from your life. Banish his acts, banish his authority, banish his works out of every aspect of your life. Shout, Jesus is in authority here. Put your hands together and give him glory. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I want to invite you to tell someone in your life about the podcast. Hope you'll do it today. Head on over to iTunes and leave a review. Share it on your social networks for me. Really helps me get the word out. I'd love for you to connect with me on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. No easier way for me to minister to you every day and throughout the day and for us to join together in faith as God moves in and through your life. 
You can find links to all my pages at rodparsley.com. God bless you now, and I hope you'll listen again soon.